Welcome to the Digital Social Hour, guys. I am here with my co-host, Charlie Cavalier, and our guest today, Dan Cates. How are we doing, fellas? I'm doing pretty decent. Um, yeah, feeling pretty good. Nice. What brings you to Vegas today? Um, so there is this uh, poker player, very nice poker player named Phil Galfons. He's nice to everyone. He's one of the best players in the world. Uh, he's also a businessman. He's got a kid. And uh, I have the belief, the belief, you could say, that he's trying to take over the poker social, um, the poker, uh, he's trying to take over the poker world in some kind of way. He's got some kind of dastardly plan. He's too nice. Okay. And, uh, someone has to take him in. Someone has got to take him down. He's known also as his moniker, Mr. Falcons. Okay. So I have to play in Las Vegas on the site WSOP.com. He believes that I'm scared, but I had to prove him wrong. And I also have to, someone's got to take him to justice. So far, he's beaten everyone in his challenge, and I'm the guy who's going to take him down. Okay. How's the challenge going currently? Because I know you played with him earlier today. Well, I'm, um, it's going according to plan, you could say. I've uh, successfully duped him into thinking he's got a real chance by him being up about $90,000. But uh, it's all part of the plan. You're just getting that information for now. You're going to act yeah, on it no, later. Letting him, letting him get, in, get soft and comfortable. Right, right. So is Mr. Falcons a superhero or a supervillain? People think he's a superhero. I want you And to he certainly looks like a superhero with all his actions and his words and all the things that he does. But mm. I know the truth that he's, in spite of nearly 100% evidence, that he's got a superly dastardly plan and is probably a supervillain. Mm. What gave that vibe? It's too nice. Mm. He's too nice, and you have to be able to see the forest um, from the trees. Let's put it like that. Okay. You seem very spiritual. Uh, you could <laughs> say so. I kind of go back and forth. I try to align logic and spirituality, and I'm being serious. Um, I mean, like, there's a lot of spiritual stuff that's in the woo-woo direction, in the straight-up woo-woo direction. There's some that's in the woo-woo direction that is totally completely legit and some that's also confirmed legit and some of that that's been um in the woo section at, at various points in time such as meditation and yoga which is interesting um it's actually quite compelling evidence that there's something there that those things are real mm. so do you meditate and do yoga uh yeah i do most days at least right now i'm doing kriya yoga and i'm doing lots of exercise which I mean, yoga and some exercise is kind of similar. I've been doing kung fu lessons and some stretching is kind of like that. But I, I think I'm going to try to get in my yoga during poker because I have no time, and poker we're just like sitting around doing nothing. Yeah. Uh, whereas, like, if you do some yoga stretches, it's probably some like fun way of combining them. But yes, is the answer to your question. I never thought I'd be the guy doing meditation, sitting around doing breathing exercises every day, but here I am. And I'm finally convinced. Are you utilizing the Wim Hof breathing method? Um, I want to check out Wim Hof stuff at some point in time, but I am not. I am. Uh, I met a guy um, that I believe is like a real version of like you could say the divine or the uh, an enlightened person. Um, they're called like the Jivan Mukta. I, don't, I think I'm pronouncing that right in the um, philosophy uh, Advaita Vedanta. That one I know I'm pronouncing pronouncing right that one's pretty good at philosophy um 
really this guy doesn't seem to have any faults and he's got a whole course um he's got a bunch of courses and he he like promotes all his stuff and he goes all he's actually has quite a bit of money but he doesn't spend it uh he doesn't buy lavish things at all he like gives a lot to the poor and it's quite simple and i follow his stuff uh i think it's really good and it was a combination of a lot of things that I've been looking at. And, I, you know, like, so I've learned about Kriya Yoga and I've learned about uh, Transcendental Meditation and, and what he was doing was basically a combination of both of those. I was like, okay, there's a lot of, um, I mean, the, the thing I said about the forest and the trees is also mostly true. Is it, is it, <laughs> uh, so he, um, there's a lot of positive signs there. So mm. it's kind of like you can have, um, yeah, there's a lot of positive signs. There's a lot of benefits of doing these sorts of breathing exercises, apparently. So I've been doing his practice, uh, essentially. And like, uh, yeah, I mean, he just uh, it. This guy, there's also a lot of miracles around him, too. Like, really mm -hmm. a lot. Um, and um, I one of his books I got... Or I got a couple of his books. They're also they're all really good and have good insights. His name's Ravi Shankar. He's actually really well known. Mm. Um, he's got an ashram. There's things called the Art of Living. I'm happy to promote him for free. That's awesome. The power of the breath is crazy. I don't know if you guys saw when Wim Hof injected himself with a disease mm -hmm. and then he breathed his way out of it. I did not see that. Just that through is, the power of breath. I, I did not see that, but definitely I need to try his stuff. He didn't use like the cold or anything like that. Um, no, just breath. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was insane. I did not see that. That's, that's wild. I didn't know you could do that. So what's the breathing technique that you're using? Um, I've done it a couple times. I've done it I've done it actually like on a show that will come out. It'll be kind of goofy. But uh, it's called, um, well, it's mostly Kriya Yoga exercises. Uh, what's Kriya Yoga? I haven't heard of that. It's a version of yoga that, um, that does breathing exercises basically. And uh, it just does something to your to your nervous system somehow that makes you happier and also makes your moods not swing too hard okay. or at least makes them swing uh makes the swings uh ultimately less like if you have a big swing it'll like narrow it really fast um but it's a mix of exercises at uh, some breathing through the back of your uh, throat. There's like scientific explanations for all of them, although I, I don't know them all. There's some bastrikas, which is a kriya yoga exercise. It's like a fast exercise where you do something like this and breathe it, breathe in and out really fast. Um, a lot of other basic breath exercises. Um, yeah, it's, it's not so crazy in the kriya yoga, but it's just not that mainstream talked about. Yeah, actually, um, the yoga that um, Paramhansa Yogananda brings from from India to um, California is Kriya Yoga. Mm. Um, so that may be the real reason why a lot of people know it know of it in the U.S. Um, Interesting. Yeah. I haven't heard of it. Have you? I have not, but I'm interested because you were a world-class poker player. How much of what we're talking about, breathing techniques, any of this stuff, do you do at the table or does it have an effect on your game? You know what's funny? I am I guess I must be the first person that's done these breathing exercises in front of everyone, but I'm doing them because if I don't, I literally will not have time 
to do them a lot of the time because I'm just so busy and um, they're pretty weird. And wait, what was your question? <laughs> How much of this stuff affects your game and are you doing it at the table when you're playing? Uh, I'm just I'm doing it, but it's really obvious. And it should actually affect a poker player's game because it literally it makes you less, uh, I think the word is neurotic. Um, or at least if you are neurotic, it calms all that down. Mm. Um, and maybe there's some benefits actually to being neurotic, but I don't remember what they are. And I, that's exactly what you need in poker because you can get really stressed right. and get in all kinds of emotional states. And this seems like meditation and this seems exact, like exactly what would calm you down. Yeah. When you see yourself getting tilted, are there any techniques you start doing to sort of calm yourself down? Um, one is three, uh, three betting a lot. That, that calms <laughs> me down and winning pots. Um, but seriously, uh, taking a walk is pretty helpful. Mm. Maybe like meditation probably would be helpful, but I've not actually done that too much. And usually I take some kind of a break or like, what else do I do? I, I like get a massage that I get a massage anyway. If I'm like super stressed, I'm like, I've, right, I've seen a photo of you getting a head massage. A lot of people have seen me getting a head massage or getting uh, <laughs> a photo of me getting a massage. <laughs> what is the most ridiculous thing you've seen someone do at the table, you know, other than getting an argument, having something come in to, you know, help them? Come in to like, help them? Like get a massage or take a walk. What's the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen someone do at the table for themselves? To try to get over tilt? Sure, or just, whatever. Just Anything. ridiculous, period. Ridiculous, ridiculous period. period. Uh, I've seen, well, I think people get ivs sometimes they leave and get ivs mm. that seems like not the worst idea uh, and that'll keep you awake for a while i've never actually done that but i've heard of it mm -hmm. i have seen someone like get like stretched um and uh actually they lost because of me this asian player named shanghai wong he was like losing and um it was mostly like me beating him from running hot and also bluffing him and stuff so he's screaming my name, Jungle Man, and uh, he's on like the floor, and he's some masseuse is stretching him in uh, Montenegro, I believe. Um, wow, that, that was up there. Uh, Anyone pull out a weapon of some sort in rage? No, I've never seen that, but I've heard people just be completely insane. So there's that. Um, oh, I thought, thought about. Um, there's actually this. Uh, I mean, uh, one thing I realized is that poker, in theory, kind of helps you to deal, or it should help you to deal with people when they get super emotional, which is kind of a rare thing because it's a rare situation when someone gets super emotional, so you get practice in that situation. But in poker, it's not as rare because people get on rage tilt like relatively often, mm -hmm. and you kind of have a moment to calm them down. Um, uh, at the poker table or like think about what will actually work because it's not logic. Logic's not what works right. when someone's really mad. I'm actually like, uh, it's actually super annoying when someone's like trying to like convince you not to be mad when you're mad. <laughs> That's not how it works. Relatable. Yeah. Uh, and that's one funny application. Uh, so that can be crossed over from poker to relationships where you know, if you say the wrong thing and someone's mad, it can cause more problems and more damage. And it's like not that easy to know what to do in those situations. Indeed. A lot of my audience is probably not even playing poker or they're no. beginners. So what what's some actionable advice you could give to someone looking to start their poker journey out? Uh, 
Let's see. Without losing a ton of money. Like I, I read that happened to you and you had to work at McDonald's. Um, prepare to lose a lot, but not necessarily a lot of money. That might be the first thing. Okay. Lose a lot mentally. We'll lose a lot. Just get used to losing. Mm. Um, is, is or expect to lose first probably is a good advice now that I think about it. It's sort of like the more you expect to lose, the more that helps you to get win faster. Mm. Seems like there's something like that there. Other than that, just to get the basics right. When you, once you get the basics right, you can uh, beat people pretty easily. I think at poker is my guess. Okay. Um, there are some. Because once you get the basics right, a lot of the other stuff within that is uh, beyond that. Uh, I mean, you can learn all that stuff, but it's sort of finer and finer tuning. Um, and it can you can get caught up in all these like uh, oscillations, but really the basics are, even though they're like the simple decisions, uh, they are what matter really a lot. Mm, got it. Um, all right. Our friend Scott here is about to join us. He's going to play you heads up oh. for some courtside Knicks tickets. Is that all right with you? Uh, yeah, that's okay. Let's do it, Scott. All right. We'll keep that's asking you some stuff while you guys play. Right. Charlie's going to be our dealer here. And uh, I will try my best not to mess uh, up all of the dealing. And uh, we're going to shuffle the cards real quick. While we're doing that, how does one get the nickname Jungle Man? Well, if you're from the jungle, you get to be called Jungle Man. And mm. you're from the jungle? Sort of. Any any further explanation on that one? Or is that what we're working with? Uh, well, that's a backstory I often run with. Uh, that that uh, I my parents went to Costa Rica and then they never came back and they left me there and I was raised by the monkeys there. Wow. Um, often people kind of believe me for a while, or at least they they're not sure if you like say it with enough confidence. Yeah. But the real story is that I when I first started playing poker, um, no one knew where I came from and I was playing kind of crazy and I had hairy arms and I had long hair my hair was messy so they called me jungle man okay that's the real story and that was my online name interesting so what we're gonna do here is we're gonna play heads up everyone starting with 5,000 in chips we're gonna play till the end of the podcast and a person with the most at the end wins pretty simple yeah all right cool that does affect decisions by the way I just that's why I wanted to get it out there uh you know now we got 13 minutes. 13 Sean, minutes. you played a poker tournament for the first time ever recently. Right? I did. What, what was that like? It was actually a lot of fun. One thing I will say about poker is it's really good for networking. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting people you meet at the table. Um, I did not do well. It was my first time ever. So I got about 40th place out of 100. Mm -hmm. But I met some cool people and it was fun. Yeah, it is uh, one of the unique situations that is good for networking because you, it's kind of egalitarian in that. I don't know if that's the right word that kind of anyone can play. All you need to do is buy in or get the seat. Yeah. Essentially. I have the idea to uh, make, uh, to host poker events of sorts among other events when I'm in Los Angeles. Yeah. Because there's really a lot of interest for it. Absolutely. Because there's so much on the line, I'm going to leave it to you guys. I'm going to have you tell me when, when I'm ready to deal because I'm not going to be the one that messes this up. Okay. Uh, yeah, you can deal. Okay. Want a bird one or a good one? Are uh, you supposed to raise or something? You have to look at your cards first. See, well, I'm not playing. Oh, you're playing Scott. Oh well, he's got to he's got to look at his cards first. Well, that's why he said I should deal. Oh, I see. Okay. Should we redo that? Yeah, yeah. Right. Just figure that cold. Okay. Okay. I, I check. Check. Very good. Five hundred. 
Are you going to keep asking me questions? Uh, we are. So I got into this. Yeah, and I want to know, <laughs> how did you get your start in this, Dan? Like, what was the first time where you decided, hey, because I read that you first started in online. Where, how did this first inclination come about that you decided you should log in on the internet and start playing poker for money? Uh, well, it was after I played live poker and lost $3,000, and then my parents locked up my savings, and... I knew that I could play online for much smaller. That's how I played online. Uh, that's how I first played online. When I was 17, but I wasn't 18. That was part of the problem. I thought I needed to be 18. And then, uh, yeah, I was like tired of playing larger stakes for like 100 or $200 buy-ins. And I was like thinking to myself, I just want to play small. Mm. I'm tired of losing. Um, so I played 5 and $10 games online instead. And worked at McDonald's. And what too. was the first horrible experience you had losing a bunch of money playing poker? Uh, how much money are we talking? Give me a number. It's all relative, right? At different stages in your life, whatever yeah. about is to you. Like, have you had a losing year? I've had a losing year, yes. I've had one losing year. Out of 15? That's pretty good. Uh, I think I've, I, I might have had two. I'm not sure. We're good. But um, it's more like other stuff got in the way and stuff. But uh, one of the... Um, yeah, one I've had I've been cheated a number of times. One time I was cheated for four thousand dollars. I've done incredibly stupid things. I've uh, it's on you by the way. Um, so I uh, three hundred. I went to a friend's house and basically a friend sweated my friend uh, my friend who was playing me from somewhere else. Make it six. And. Yeah, I they were relaying cards essentially, mm -hmm. and I lost four thousand dollars playing. Wow! And um, did you get it back? I did not. No. But you called them out on the cheating. I found um, I found out that one person roughly cheated me. There must have been two people essentially working mm. together. Wow! No, I know I know who one of them was, but like there was not a whole lot I could do. Right. But it's one of these situations where, like, you know, one of them's kind of a deadbeat. It's, it's on you, by the way. Sure. Okay. And the other one, I'm not really sure who it is. I'm pretty sure. It's either one or two people. Maybe I should. Yeah. I saw what happened in that recent whole Check. scandal. The um, recent scandal? With... Uh, Ah, uh, who was it? Did you see that? It was all over Twitter, bro. No. Jack's up. It was at the lodge, I think. Or oh, no, shit. Wow. Dang. Scott's doing well here. Two for two, Scott. All right. You got some... You, you got to focus up. If you want us to stop asking... No, go go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> um, Where do you see the intersection with AI and poker? Uh, that'll be interesting to see because what will be interesting to see is if people, if they uh, have much trouble to create an AI that can learn every game in poker, mm. that would be pretty scary if they can learn it pretty well. Right. But they have been able to create, um, they, they have been, I don't know a whole lot about how AI works. I know a little bit of how, about how they try to create intelligence um, and some of the methods, but I do know that AI is very, very good at some of the games in poker and at limit games, it could be really good, but limit games are quite I'm simple really to be honest. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know any any stories of robots or computers playing poker or doing anything of the sort. I'm sure, Dan, you might. Oh, no, no. The computers play online a decent amount. It's well, just a matter of if sites try to do something about it. That's one thing that poker stars did do well was get rid of peop- get rid of bots playing online. Mm. Um, they play online some some places if they're not regulated enough. Where is your favorite place to play online? I put I, I like uh, GG Poker. Software's really good. It's fun. It's got right. like lots of fun emotions and things like that. Let's see. Yeah, GG Poker. Do you prefer online or in person playing? Hmm. I would say usually online. Online, because you could just relax at home and yeah. Well, you don't have do to whatever. go anywhere, and you can do other things. And what other YouTube. things are we talking about? Some YouTube videos. <laughs> uh, what else? I can do my breathing exercises in peace. I can order food. Uh, what else? I can watch a movie. Maybe I don't really do that. Mm. Uh, I've been like trying to learn the flute a little okay. bit while I, I play. I used to play that in like fifth grade when they made you pick an instrument. Did you pick the flute? It's like the hardest instrument. Yeah, I did not have a good time. <laughs> it's not. It's so hard to play. And then I tried trumpet, and that was even worse. <laughs> the trumpet's even harder. The, the spit just compiles in it, and it's just disgusting. Oh no! <laughs> I learned the piano. I got lucky. That now, one's huh? That one's fun. My mom made me do that too when I was a kid. What is the most realistic poker movie you've ever seen? For living the life of being a professional poker player. I've you know what? I've only seen like two poker movies. I've only seen Molly's I haven't seen Molly's game. I've only seen uh I've only seen Rounders. Okay. But Rounders is Rounders can be realistic, I guess. Like there's not really I don't know, if you're like trying to like grind out a living at like five ten or something, I could see it being realistic and you're like mm-hmm. taking shots. Five minutes left. It's your first, by the way. Check. Three hundred. Cool. By the way, the the fact that the fact that there's only five minutes left should change the strategy quite a lot. So explain. I'm all in. You're all in. <laughs> oh like, man, this could determine it. I can't call it nothing. Oh, smart fold. This is a smart fold. Wow, Scott's doing well. You're not supposed to flip I, over his you're hand. You're not supposed to look, Dan. I would have told you I caught the nuts. No, I think I need two hundred back. Oh yeah, two hundred back to Charlie. I'll give you some change. What's the uh, what's the house rake for me on this situation? Uh, I'll give you three percent of the ticket, so you gotta figure that out with Scott okay. or Dan if he I'll, wins, I'll if he it. manages this comeback. It's kind of a luxury poker room. It's very intimate. What lessons have you learned in poker that helped you in life and business? One is, uh, I mean, one thing that poker teaches you is to be. It teaches a couple things really well. It teaches you to be really open-minded if you if you manage to win. I should be, be <laughs> if you if you want to win, that's quite important because if you never open your mind, you'll lose and you won't learn anything. Hmm. Um, but let's see, uh, four hundred, um, because like all, there's tons of times where you think you know everything and you don't Can't do it. all, all right. the time. So it's like, well, shit. What? When do I know everything? I guess you just don't. Yeah. Um, yeah and uh, what else? Um, 
it teaches you experientially to persevere because you need to be you need to have tough skin in poker to uh to win also right. like you, you you lose quite a lot and it's an unusual game in that it's just so normal that you have to at some point it, it feels like normal to lose like i don't care that i'm losing right essentially right now they pull the emotion away from the the loss as much as possible uh a decent amount or at least you get used to it really fast uh 200 so those things let's see um yeah those are two examples nice all right so uh 300 bluff what uh what similarities do you notice in all the top poker players what do they have in common uh they they're very honorable the for uh, it's very rare for a top poker player to not pay we we can like say that we owe like an amount and not write a contract and it's mm. just pretty much always paid i mean there, it would be interesting to get like a default rate but like if someone's successful and has it they mm. always pay and even if they don't have it they often pay um they uh they don't in my experience they're they're not very bullshitty people like they they uh when they talk they don't like you know say something they don't mean whereas this is more common in other uh places like if in like networking for example right um do you think it's because it's a, such a small community that if they screwed someone over they wouldn't be able to show face i think it's it this one's in their nature to be honest i think i think uh yeah i think I, one thing i also think is that they're not generally the kinds of people that they're normally simple I would say that's been my experience. There's they're normally very open-minded, but simple mm -hmm. um, in that they, at least this was me at some point, but I had whatever going on that, uh, that, that, yeah, it was me for a long time. I'm no longer a simple person, I guess you can say. So that's a number of things. He's Slowly coming back, I think. Do we have a tally here while I'm uh, doing? One more minute, so I guess two more hands or one one more hand. What do you guys want to do? I mean, oh. I only win if I win, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a cash game. I don't get any prize for this. Cha it changes things. <laughs> I think uh, I'm the no, I'm the button. So you have to put in two. I'm gonna raise it to two hundred. Oh, all right, I'm all in. Oh, oh, we are both all in here. Oh, I could do it. No. Oh, rig the deck. <laughs> wow. Shit. Wow. All right. What a match. Oh, too bad. All right. Well, that was a blast, Dan. Any closing comments you want to get out there? I really wanted that special prize. That was a good prize. Yeah. Oh, oh well. We'll still get you something. All right. All right. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Digital Social Hour. It was a blast. Thanks for coming on, Dan.